All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode number 28 of the Kill Your Internet podcast. With you, as always, is your boy, Colin. And we have a very special episode today. We got a squad out here in my yard. We are doing a socially distanced group episode so so that we can uh, go over some of the new songs. Uh, I'm going to do some intros here. Joining me today, to my left, we have the beautiful Miss Erica Ruiz. Erica. What's up, guys? Erica hates being on. Hate this. She hates it so much. I hate it. Uh, we have Mr. James Iovine here. What's up, little stupid? <laughs> <laughs> and we have Mr. William Shade. Hello, hello. There we go. We got a mess of wires out here. We're just in my yard, fully ready to go for the podcast. Happy to be here. Uh, guys, we just dropped something's going on. How are we feeling? I don't know, Yay. man. There's, there might be something going on. There might be something going on. <laughs> no, man, no. There's going to be a lot of overlap here. I feel like everybody's going to be talking over each other. That's all right. That's all right. Everybody will give each other space if we just work I'm a professional together. Jimmy interrupter. Yeah. So, well, last time we did this, we were driving 80 miles an hour to the photo shoot. <laughs> That was a mess. <laughs> um, but happy to be here. Happy to be in my yard in beautiful Maniunk, Philadelphia. Um, guys, I'm I'm just excited to go over everything. It's, first off, I'm really happy with the response that we've gotten to the song. A uh, lot of streams, a lot of playlist ads, a lot of radio. We're actually sitting here waiting. We're literally stalking our phones. We're literally waiting for us to come. So our home away from home is Nashville, Tennessee. And we've wanted for five years now to get on Lightning 100. Finally did it tonight. Uh, we'll probably have a little bit of a yell when it happens, and we'll uh, play it on the I on the my home away from home to be Phuket, Thailand. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, so Jim's going to Thailand. I like Nashville a lot. Um, but we we uh, we had WXPN, our wonderful nomcom station here in Philadelphia, one of the biggest stations in the country, debut this song on Friday, and then we have a little special going on K Rock nationally this weekend out in LA. Whoop whoop is a big thing. Shout out to our man Ted Striker out there, uh, guys. How we feeling? I'm good. I'm good. good. Yeah. yeah, don't all jump over all the time. Yeah, <laughs> right. I mean, I'm drinking a BL, and then what used to be a sweltering heat, it's actually it's feeling quite nice it outside. Nice it's out lovely out right it's now. Bad. We yeah. have a very nice backyard, Colin. I'm out here just smoking a stogie. Jimmy's got his cigs. We're, we're hanging out. This yeah, is nice. Colin's dog uh, took a couple pyramids in the backyard, <laughs> and he brought out he brought out a poop break. <laughs> this, this, this is some rock star stuff here, being completely honest. I'm out here cleaning up my dog's poop in the yard so we can record our podcast. And we had to move the table by the feet because the top doesn't touch. Yeah, you know what? I want to say something real quick. All right. So uh, first off, I just want to say shout out to Wayfair. We got this table from Wayfair. Yeah. I can see my wife through the kitchen right now videoing <laughs> us. <laughs> so this is a real homegrown operation did you get, right here. Did you get her through Wayfair too? <laughs> yeah, I got data through Wayfair. Oh my God. Uh, oh, no, but, but what? Jimmy. Jimmy. I couldn't help it. Uh, but so up. the top of the table does not connect to the bottom of the table. So shouts out to Wayfair for fucking that one up. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, uh, things are good in Foxtrot land. I'm excited. We're doing a special. So what you're going to hear, you're not going to have an interview today. What you're actually going to have is a long episode with the band. We're going to break down something's going on in a song that's coming out with zeros this weekend called Never Enough. We're going to go over both of them today, kind of how they favorite. got made. Oh, my fucking favorite song. <laughs> so we're going to write the song. Run, 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 run. We're on. Holy shit. Play it. Let's get some uh, new music. This is Foxtrot and the Get Downs. Enjoy one called Something's Going On. It's on the 615. It's on Nashville's Independent Radio, Lightning 100. Oh! <laughs> oh! Bum, 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 bum. 
That sounds great. <laughs> All right, so now back to business. Yeah. All right, so like what we Wait, were saying. Can we just say you're it talking never over yourself. gets old hearing yourself on the It really it never really gets old. No, it's, I'm, it's getting, I'm, I'm getting a little used to Especially it. Especially in no, a different city. I still get, like, and I not, still nerd out. And not our home city, too. Yeah. yeah really well, cool. j- the fact that I've, now I'm, I freaked out earlier. Can you hear uh, that in the background? Yeah, you can actually. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. But no, uh. Nashville is my home away from home. I really, and I mean, we have all spent time down there, but I spent a lot of time down there writing on Music Row and things like that. So Nashville is a very special place to me. So to be on the radio in Nashville and just sitting here all cavalier, just like nothing's going on, is pr- pretty crazy. But there's something going on. There is something going on. Uh, so yeah, like I was Come saying before now. we were interrupted by ourselves on the radio, major stunt, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to go through our normal segments and then we're going to break into uh, kind of a discussion about how things got made. So uh, let's go into uh, the wildest shit that we've seen on the internet. I got two today. Uh, did you guys see the Chainsmokers concert? What happened? No. no. So the Chainsmokers, if anybody isn't familiar, uh, familiar, is two bros with a laptop who somehow made millions of dollars. So they might have a keyboard, but the, it only has three notes on it. Well, what what they what they did was they did a charity show in the Hamptons. First of all, there's a mess right there, and uh, it was supposed to be a socially distanced drive-in concert. And actually, what happened was. It was 3,000 people who all got out, got out of their cars and crowded into a normal, like, festival setting. And <laughs> they no one was supposed to put it on the internet because they were trying to fucking sneak this by everybody. And somebody took a, f- a video from the stage. And people are roasting these motherfuckers. Yeah, well, they're the favorite Rightfully people. so. Like you can't, yeah. you can't, you can't control the people that are on your stage. If you're trying to fly under the fucking radar, you can't see the guy that's next to you with a cell phone. I guess their laptops were too bright. What a bunch of assholes! First off, I just want to say to the people who are at the show, if you're willing to risk Corona for two bros with a laptop, you know what, man? D- God bless you, because that's fucking your fault to begin with. But <laughs> I-, I was just looking at that, and I was like. How the fuck can you not read the room? Like you legally can't do that. And first off, it's super. I don't. I'm not one to use this word, but it's super fucking entitled to think that you can go while the rest of the music industry is basically having to fuck itself, and you can just do this and act like nothing's going on. Fuck you. I mean, to, a cer- to a certain extent, like as much as I'm all for shitting on the chain smokers, don't get me wrong. Uh, I feel like there's a certain extent to where you can't control the people who attended that thing. You can't make that like at that point you have no control over their actions especially right, right, as right. the band I mean, I no then you walk up the stage yeah, you right. Stop playing. right that's right. a totally different type of crowd control that you well like, so so you ma- like, ma- if, you, so if you recognize that like the people at your show are no longer safe you need to realize that like your their safety is more important than your songs yeah I mean, absolutely I've seen, it, I've seen it at metal shows and punk shows where they're like the, like somebody in the ba- like the lead singer will be like fucking stop that whatever yeah and they'll yell into yeah. the yeah I mean that's a very right. punk show right. thing well yeah. so yeah. I I want to give a shout out to Mount Joy our fellow Philadelphians who are playing a drive-in show at Citizens Bank Park and they put out a tweet thread today that said if you guys do this at our show we will walk directly off the stage this Good. is not a game yeah. because basically what they said too was listen the way we have this set up is that there will be no sound coming off the stage you can only hear it in your car. Really? If That's you, a good yeah. Point. yeah. If you guys, is it like? It's is it, so do they broad- just to be you, you, It's broadcast. You you tune into a certain frequency. Specific frequency. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And That's clever. So that shout out clever. to Mount Joy for being That's real. That's how they real do ones. drive-in movie theaters as well. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. the Chainsmokers obviously d- either didn't have control of this or they just didn't give a shit. I mean, well, there's a. I'm sure I mean, probably both, but like in the moment, you do not have control over it. Well, I mean, yeah, like at the time, you're like, you're like, well. 
shit's popping off. Like, Listen, what can you do? I'm the, I'm the yeah. number one guy to say I want things to go back to normal, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm also very cognizant of the fact that if there's 3,000 people shoved in a small place, right, people are going to get sick. 3,000 people at a drive-in show? Like, wh- how big because is it? Because it was a charity. First off, people Four paid people a car. shitload of money for this. Apparently, some people pay $25,000 for a chain smoker. God show. damn it. Speaking of chain smokers. <laughs> <laughs> I did hear that some people were upset about how expensive the tickets were for the Citizens Bank Park show because it's you can't. there's no outside speakers. It's all through your actual. Right. I know. Yeah, Listen, yeah, I well, think if you still, really like, want. Personally, I think it's. Sorry. Personally, I think it's great that, like, we're trying yeah, something Yeah, something. Try, yeah, some, like, I'm a fan Something. Yeah. Look, like, I get it. But I think what I'm saying on this exact topic Fuck those guys. That's my because you you know what you could have handled that in a better I way. I mean, well, you know, like I think I think yeah. You said like either they didn't have control or they didn't care. Mm-hmm. I think it's probably both. Yeah. But you do have control. Like I, I'm tired of like these people giving artists a pass because they're so big that all their decisions are made for them by management or labels or touring. Agents. That's why like, I'm shouting out Mount Joy because they said like, we don't yeah. give a shit. It's it's like you actually need to take the reins of your own career. Yes. And like if if you are concerned at all about your fans or at le- even your like your image, you will you will put an end to things when it's right. Right. And that's what, you know, I like I I was talking to someone the other day that said like, "Oh, you know, it wasn't Lady Antebellum's choice. It was their management and it was their label. They own the uh, like the name." Well, then and, like, you know the what? That's still your it's fault. Like, it's like, "No, you like you they as an have, artist to have a right to at say. the end of the yeah. day." Can I say something? With our group of people, if some if the Lady Annabelle situation happened to us, do you think we would have let that shit fly? No. No, fuck that. No, because there's no respect there for history, and that's what bothered me in that entire situation because Lady A has been around for 40 years. Right. The ball's on you to try and sue her for her name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But either Or, or at least the, the ball's on you to try and, like, approach her to share her name and then to, like, not accept... A no as yeah, an answer. Yeah, yeah. yeah like what the it's fuck like is like you have to accept like, yeah, you can reach out. I know that they offered to do a song with her. I know that they offered a bunch of stuff. Like we can share the name, we can do do a song together, we it can like sh- and and basically Lady A said no and they have to respect that. I just could they, they have gone with a pun and said anti <laughs> My There's my ways <laughs> around is what I'm saying. I mean Look, I man, don't yeah, be that yeah. cheeky, but like but so either way, we're we're moving on from that to our second wildest thing that we've seen on the internet. Did you guys see the whole thing with Elon Musk and him getting in trouble? So he's got two things going on right now. Yeah, what now? So he he basically went on a tweet thread that people took the first part of the tweet thread and then made a big deal. So he basically said that he didn't think another stimulus was a good idea. That was his first tweet. And people were like, fuck you, Elon Musk, like, you right. billionaire. And But he basically, like, laid out and said, like, people need money constantly coming in. He thinks that these days you do, like, staggered payments throughout so that people continue to get money. Okay. And But people, there was, like, 70,000 tweets that were, like, Elon Musk is, like, this and that. And like I was like, you guys didn't read the rest of the tweets, obviously. But, like, but there's a lot of things, like... So much like, to unpack, Colin, here. You're bringing I know. Listen, really thick... Wow. It's yeah. the wildest shit that I've yeah. seen on the internet, Will. Because, because there's, a, there's, a, you know, there's a couple things that are, you know, like there's a lot of things that are taken out of context and a lot of things that are taken in well, context. Well, I think he's also an easy target because he's he doesn't really have great people skills. <laughs> I'll say that. Yeah. He doesn't well, always he word things the right way. Zero. Yeah. No. Like, he's a robot. We know that. Yeah. He, yeah. He, huge he almost. I feel like he almost gets off on people like uh, oh, yeah. taking the stuff he says the wrong way and 
because like he almost feels like I don't know. I think Elon Musk has a very much of, of like a greater than thou persona. Yeah. I mean, you ever hear of, him talk? Yeah, exactly. So I I think like yeah, it's one thing to say I don't think people should get a stimulus, but then and then it's also, you know, it's fine that he then backs it up by saying, "Oh, well, instead of a one-time stimulus payment, I think that people yeah, is should he back get tra- increased He's basically s- so well, yes, no, what he w- what he was trying to say basically, is he was trying to side with Andrew Yang and saying that should be there should be reoccurring like yeah. constant exactly. payments. Exactly. And that right. and that's where but like there are different levels of like Yo, Elon, my, my the ways that Congress can help the American people is the there's the one way which is a one-time stimulus, which is the least sort of accurate and pinpointed, but the quickest to do. Right, they Super want easy. they want quick. Just send a bunch of money to a bunch of people <laughs> immediately, and you could send you could mistakenly send like a ton of money to like dead, dead people. people or like <laughs> blank accounts that like don't belong anywhere. Like tons of errors, but at least that would never at happen. Least I'm trying to get, get their money quickly. Yeah, and then there's the next level where it's like okay, an added six hundred bucks a month on top of your additional unemployment or regular unemployment. Um, and that's like a little more recurrent, recurring, but it, it, it like it eventually has an end and has this. But like that took additional time to set up because it's a more co- complex system. Well, so my, my point is, listen, Elon, if you want to help, my Venmo's open, dude. Uh, I'll drop it for you in the link here. Uh, but my, the other thing that happened with him was, uh, so there's the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard like divorce thing going on right now, and because they dated. Right? Yeah. So what happened was, uh, Johnny Depp accused. Uh, e- Elon Musk of cheating on uh, his girlfriend Grimes with Amber Heard numerous times. Right. And Elon Musk said, I challenge you to a cage fight. <laughs> he basically <laughs> wants to cage fight Johnny what Depp. What in the world? I would pay that pay-per-view. I would do it. How many... Yeah. Does Johnny Depp have any kids? I don't know. Yes. Like, instead of challenging to a cage match, he should be like, yo, in 20 years, our kids are going to fight. Yeah. <laughs> First of all, I'm not fighting XEA-12. And my kid is going to be a 737, and your yeah, kid's exactly. going to be a human. Yeah, that's what I want. I want the Transformer that Elon Musk conceived to fight my kid. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, so that's the wildest shit that I've seen on the internet. Um, Autobots, roll, roll out. out. Yeah, Jimmy's Optimus Prime voice is, is just prime. Uh, let's move on to uh, what the fuck we've been listening to. I'll start it out. So we'll go We'll go in order here. So we got me, Erica, Jimmy, Will. Uh, I have something wild I saw on the internet. Oh my God, what? what? Did you see? Okay, so you know how like um, Walmart and all these big chains are like mask mandatory. Yes. If it's not mandatory in the state. Um, there was a couple that wore masks with swastikas. Oh my at a god! Walmart. Oh Jesus! That like, is the wildest shit. And their their reasoning behind it was like, well, if you vote for Biden, this is what you're signing up for. That was like <laughs> the their fuck thing. Signing up for what? Their, that was See, people stance. people think that Nazis were communists. They weren't. They were fascists. There's a difference, and you got to understand well, that. First off, if your argument you're is, I don't agree with communism <laughs> either. Like, I don't agree with communism. Yeah. But no, well, the Nazis were the National Socialist Party. Guys, 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 listen right? to what we're arguing about here. But it, they became We're fascist. arguing about Nazis. This <laughs> shit should not be happening <laughs> in yeah. 2020. Yeah, why, why, 2020. What are we doing sitting here saying, like, oh, these? this was the politics of Nazism. It's like, I, I, no, I guess I guess that these motherfuckers are sitting around forgetting the fact that we kicked the shit out of the Nazis in WW2. Well, that's what literally people are yelling. They're like, we already had a war about this. Yeah. Like, freaking out <laughs> yeah. at them. And thankfully, they got kicked out of the store because they were well, yeah, the Sons of bitches. But I did see that. And then the comments under that was just... Oh, that was. Funny. <laughs> it's like God, God, like God forbid anyone those. does anything to like 
for the good of like the whole. Like my, my God, whole God forbid, the one thing that's going to sink us as a country is the requirement for everyone to do something for everyone. I else. got in an yeah, argument with yeah. a family member the other day to where the they were saying to they said to safe. me they were like, "Look at how quickly the government can take our freedom away." And I said, "Dude, <laughs> it's a fucking fabric piece in front of your face. Shut up. Just put it on. Jimmy's got one on right now, dude. Let's go on." Mask on, fucking mask on. No, wait. Do, Listen to future. Think, yeah, do, do, do you think he predicted the future? I think future. First off, I think future is an alien sent from another planet to just turn up. So, yes, no, I do well, agree. Yeah. I'm a huge future fan. So. Molly Percocet. All right, so let's move on to what the fuck we've been listening to. Uh, I'll start it out. Uh, J. Cole will drop two new songs, the Lewis Street Project, from his new album coming out called The Fall Off. Both songs were absolute fire. Yeah. Uh, the Climb Back and the other song was called... Lion King on Ice. <laughs> uh, just A1 production, bro. That's actually just, a good song. Just like that, that shit. Uh, first off, I love J. Cole. I love J. Cole so much. So this is not like a... F- I'm gushing, but like... I'm one of those p- big hip-hop fans who's like a diehard J. Cole guy. That no love matter what really J. Cole does, I love J. Cole. So I never really give him a proper shake, but I, I might with Dude, Lion he's King just on I Ice. Like, that sold me. <laughs> I, never, <laughs> I never got into it, but... Right. Uh, Erica, now. go to your first pick. Um, I really only have one pick. I cannot stop listening to the Black Pumas. Oh, so good. So good. So good. That song Colors I've just had like on repeat. Yeah, Black Pumas are fucking incredible. So that's been my main album. All right, Jimmy, go with yours. My first one is going to be, uh, it's called Lamb's Wool by uh, Foster the People. It's it's one of their new singles out. And it is uh, literally Foster the People cosplaying. As uh, Tame Impala, and it's Ooh. it's it, it actually is a great Tame Impala song, and it's <laughs> Foster <laughs> the fucking people. And which was that know. the song you were playing before we came yeah, on? Yeah, yeah, I thought that was Tame Impala. That sounds just like Tame Impala. And By the Mark way, Foster was just like, I'm gonna cash in on whatever the fuck they're Kevin Parker. <laughs> the First atmosphere. off, I hit up I hit up Mark Foster to be on the podcast. If that happens, that's great because I have that story about how I pushed him at Firefly, and I really <laughs> want to be able to tell him that story. <laughs> yeah. uh, Will, yeah, go ahead for your first. I don't know. You guys, you guys know the rapper Odyssey? Yes. So Odyssey released a new album, and it is awesome. The album is called Odd Cure. Uh, it was like last week or something that I first stumbled upon this, but there's a track on it, a third track on the album called Shoot Your Shot. Um, and it's just a, it's just a jam. He's he, He's very... Soulful in all the, all all the beats he raps over, uh, it's a groove. But I just love it's like a very in like di- you can really dive into all of his rhymes. And Who really produced it? Uh, that's a good question. I'm Cause sure I mean I, l- I love a, I love like a, a oh I'm a nerd. Soulful I like need to know who, beat. Well, then you oh, probably yeah. love Mad Lib. You probably love yeah. Alchemist. Yeah, yeah, Kanye. I love well, Alchemist. He's I love the, so Odyssey is the sole producer credit on Spotify. Wow. So. Um, I've always appreciated a guy who does his own beats. J. Cole. Cole. On the album, he features a lot of really cool... Like He features uh, Olivier St. Louis on a lot of the songs. Sweet. That's cool shit. Um, just really good album. But I, if I had to pick one, one song, it's Shoot Your Shot. There you go. Uh, my second pick is a throwback. Uh, I don't know. Am I the only one who does this? Can anybody else not shower without music? I don't shower with music. Like I that. always shower yeah, with music, music on. I do not. Or like, I'll put always. My girlfriend does. My girlfriend showers with music. So I, I was don't. in the shower the other day, and uh, on shuffle came up the fray. 
Yeah. Yo, and so for the next twenty four <laughs> for the next twenty four <laughs> hours, first off, what I had basically it was a playlist of all um VH one you ought to know artists. So like Anna oh, Nalik wow. came up, James yes. James Blake or James Blunt or Blake? James Blunt. James Blunt. Blunt. James like, Blake James is the the bravery. <laughs> so uh, the fray was my soundtrack yesterday. That James was all Blake I was listening to. So uh, shout out to the fray. Eric, could you have anything else you've been listening to? Oh, actually, uh, yeah. Shane introduced me to. Do you remember? Uh, so you've all seen Get Out, right? Yeah. Yes. So you know the crazy brother. Yes. Yes. He just put in an album, and apparently he oh. did like everything on it. Like really. Drums, Face, oh. all of it. It's not bad. It's definitely like experimental. I thought you were like no, that's Lil Ray Howery. I thought you were talking about like Keith Stanfield. Like Keith Stanfield, if you know like Keith Stanfield, um, he's the the guy in Get Out who's also on Atlanta. I don't know if you, he's getting really big. He had a big independent movie this year. Out? He was the first guy when they're at the cookout, and he's uh, the guy who gets his picture taken. Yeah, he and his nose starts bleeding. Right. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. Keith Stanfield, the guy who gets kidnapped in like the first thirty seconds. Yeah, 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 yeah. First of all, the Keith Stanfield well, is the guy who kidnaps him. Just put out an album. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so. I like how yeah. you break yeah, that down. Oh yeah, yeah the kidnapper. <laughs> so all right, uh, Jim, anything? Um, so AJR has a new song out called "A Bang." And yeah, I've heard I that. think it's fucking fire. <laughs> I don't know why. Don't tell it to Eric. It's really corny. Does he not like AJR? No. Who? Eric. Eric. Or Burke? Eric Burke, our other but guitar player. Like listen to this podcast. So you can't you can't trust him. I mean, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's not. Well, Led is, Zeppelin. That, is AJR Led Zeppelin? <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't worry about it. Seltzer. I don't mess with you. But they, they so they have <laughs> they have the new song out and it's going out with a bang and they they have like that like epic like. Pom, 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 which I love that kind of they thing. They have the big horns in that. They yeah yeah like a big like low like it's like a tuba and a goddamn uh, Barry sax and it's just burr, 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 it's it is shit. hot. The uh but it, it's very corny. I'll give them that. But it is I think it is very good. At one point in the second verse, in the background, a robot voice says metronome, and it's the click <laughs> track that you hear from Pro Tools, which has been in my ear so loud oh for God. every recording that we've done. And I'm like, are you kidding me? You threw in the actual Why would you purposefully track. leave that? I don't know. No, I no, no. Hear. I mean, I it, 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 okay. it, it kind of works. It kind of works. All right. All right. So, Will, what's your last one? All right. My last one is some Philly homies. Oh, here uh, we go. Uh, oh, yeah. Anyone know the band Best Friends? Best Friends? Yeah. B B E S P H R E N Z. Love Best it. friends. I don't know them, but I'm I'm gonna check it out. Uh, the song is spelled uh, even more uniquely than their band name. <laughs> it's uh, the the song's entitled I T T L M H B I D. What does it mean? It's one big long acronym. Uh, I tried to leave my house, but I didn't. Ooh. <laughs> uh, they just released it. Um, yeah, I had I had the chance to work with uh, some of these guys when I was on the. Uh, the latest Asher Roth album, they uh, produced a good part of it. Stun. So Stun. Mm. Yes. Uh, small, small, uh, small, small, small. Uh, Stun. Humble uh. brag. Does that qualify? <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, so anyway, uh, great tunes. Great I love, time. I love a long great ass time. acronym. I do too. Yeah, I hate it. I have, well, I have a long ass acronym for my password for most things, and I'm not going to say it. By the here. way, we also have an acronym <laughs> coming out of the new album. The acronym is Titty. <laughs> titty. Yeah, Titty is yeah. a. Yeah, and we'll talk about that song later in the podcast. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, well, on that note, let's move into our major segment for tonight. So, this is a long one. We're going to go over the song that just dropped, Something's Going On, as well as a song that's dropping this weekend on Zeros called Never Enough. 
Uh, so we're going to start with something that's going on. What we're going to do is we're going to break down the song, how it got written, the recording process, all this. And this is such a unique one to start with because it was made, it was written, it was produced, it was engineered, everything during quarantine. It was. Yeah, and so this is this will always be a timestamp to me forever for the pandemic, which I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but it's unique. Um, and I guess we'll start with kind of the inception of the song. And we brought it up on a previous podcast, but shout out to Ken Bianco getting drunk on wine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Way to go on the vino, my Yeah, friend. vino was flowing. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Basically, what happened was me and Jimmy and Eric were on a on a Zoom call, and I said to them, "Yo, I need inspiration." I wasn't in a writer's block situation, but I was just I've been writing so many songs, and I wanted to do something a little bit different. And uh, they were like, "All right, yeah, well, give me a couple minutes, and I'll get back to you." And in that moment, Ken texted me and said, "Yo, check this shit out." And well, out of the blue, like, out of the blue, yeah, like had no idea we were talking about this. And he was just, he went out to dinner. He had a couple, I, I want to say either Cabernets or Merlots. He sla- <laughs> He had an entire bag of wine. It was a bag? It was red wine. Uh, it it had to be red wine. There's no way he can make that baseline up on white wine. Or a rosé. Rose, nah, no brose there, bro. Uh, but so Ken sends me this baseline, which instantly reminded me of Why Do You Always Call Me When You're High by the Arctic Monkeys. Mm. So I went right there. And uh, I guess we'll st- I'll start by talking about kind of the lyrical content of the song. And um, I said this when I was going through the process of kind of di- like dissecting what the hell this was about. Because it's not really a song that it would seem like I would write. It seems like a couple on the rocks and yeah. they're both kind of suspicious of each other. And it's kind of like a drunk couple at a bar arguing. Right. And uh, what it actually was was at the time it was during quarantine and. My wife loves Bravo. And all I had been doing is watching Vanderpump, Vanderpump Rules. Rules so shout out to Vanderpump Rules. And I was living <laughs> vicariously through Vanderpump <laughs> Rules. So the song is based not on my experience whatsoever. Although I will say every couple has that moment in a bar where you're both drunk and you're just like, I, like, the, yeah, yeah, like, 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 a, like a stupid argument at a bar when you're drunk. And that's basically, but this is written from the perspective of somebody who's suspicious of the other one of cheating. And uh, so it's interesting, but... It, the cool part is, and this is where I want to go to Erica, it haunts me more when you sing it. And not only because of the way you sang it, but because of the the subject matter coming from your voice sounds different and interesting. Yeah. yeah. So I guess I want to start by saying, like, I had written this song with all my vocals as a scratch, and then Erica, out of nowhere, messages me back. I, was Facebook a, messages Facebook him. messages me, Android, a voice memo so. off her Android phone. <laughs> Uh, and it was her singing this. Erica, how did you write this vocal melody? Um, well, actually, going off what you had said, like about this being kind of like a. You kept saying like, I want this to sound almost drunk, like you're at a bar and you're fighting. Oh, and really? so I kind of was like, how can I sing this super drunk and kind of <laughs> lazy? <laughs> that <laughs> was what like, it is. He show myself. Basically, I just got hammered, and then no. Um, <laughs> And it had kind of reflected with what I had been listening to at the time, which, like, Fiona, Fiona Apple's new album had just come out. So good. I was listening to a lot of, like, Jazzy. alto s- female singers. Yeah. I was listening in that kind of range, which is where I like to kind of stay. But it's hard because we're dual vocal. So, right. you know, I kind of usually have to take the higher part. But this one, I really wanted to channel a little of that. And so I remember I had just gone for, like, a four or five-mile walk. And I was like, all right, I need to do work. I need to work because Khan... Four or five, <laughs> give her Stunt. I'm not Stunt. working, you know. Yeah, I was true. like, I had nothing else to do. <laughs> so I had gone for a walk, and I knew, I was like, Colin is going to text me at some point today and be like, 
did you work on a song? Did you want? Do you want to do work? Do you want to yep. Skype? And I was like, I need That's to have. S- I need to have something put together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I just kind of put the beast s- down a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I feel you. And Shane was still sleeping. I had like free run of the living room, and I just kind of set the song up. And I was like, all right, if I was kind of like. I want to channel this kind of more like sultry sound. Yeah, like and a smoky jazz club. Yeah, kind of and thing. so I kind of played around with that, but I really started with the that little um. I don't mean to ruin your. Part. That's actually where I went first because you kept saying you're like I really want a cool harmony there. Yeah, and I was like, all right, how can I make this kind of like drunky kind of yeah, sound? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So yeah. the original part was just the same note. Kind of like holding yeah. Yeah, I was just going. And I feel like the way it was really oh. cool. Not even just the notes that you chose, but the way you chose to sing it. Because I think yeah, the melody when it was when sick. it first like when we first got the demo from Colin, the way he was singing it was definitely more sort of like he like I don't know Colin's like typical punchy. voice, like almost like the person in the song is trying to like figure it out and like yeah. spending a lot of like mental energy yeah, on yeah. this yeah. on the situation, whereas like. You, your vocal style really put it in the right yeah, yeah. scene. It's almost, it like, was almost, oh, it was like almost like sarcastic in a yeah, way. You're yeah, like, yeah, yes. yeah, you're yeah, like, yes. Yeah, like, I don't mean to really well, so I, I guess coming, coming back. As ba- if, like, it's something that you can't control. And very like, laissez-faire. Well, it's just a feeling that, like, yeah, yeah. And well, so yeah, coming, that's that's so coming cool. back to that point, it was kind of like, this has been a very interesting experience from my perspective because I've always write the songs, but... I've never felt more of like a producer than I did. I think we all did on this. And, yeah. and, and it was more of like a, when I heard it, I was uh, I was listening to a lot of Mark Ronson at the time. There's a mm-hmm. song with Lily Allen that he does called Oh My God. And her vocal line, she's going, and she's singing very almost drunk. And I was like, I want that. Yeah. And I was I was like, I'll never be able to get that out of my voice. It's not what I, what I do. Um, and when Erica sent me that back, and I'll tell this story here, so it was a it was a Zoom call, and it was just me, Jimmy, Eric, and Ken, and I was like, guys, turn your volume on. You need to hear this <laughs> shit. Yeah. So I dropped your vocal into the mix, and I played it, and we all stopped, and everybody looked, and everybody just went, yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's I, it. I immediately that's said. It. I immediately said she's singing that by herself. Yeah, one hundred percent. I was like, I immediately said, I was like, there's no way anything else can go with that. It's just her <laughs> with yeah. that sauntering vocal. No, it's and I, I thought to me like that was the thing that I learned in this entire experience of why this song is so unique and it's so special was because I think we've now learned. Again, I've seen you grow so much in the perspective yeah. of you wrote your own vocal melody, which generally yeah. doesn't happen. It's usually a joint effort, but you took that and you were just like, "This is mine. Thank you very much. Yeah. I am going to step out and do this." That's kind of how I felt too, because I was like, "Cause we had we hadn't started with that song. We had started with another song, and I know we were like, kind of struggling oh, right. with the vocal melody on that." And and Eric kept. Our, the producer Eric, um, he kept pushing like you. You keep syncing up the vocal melody with the actual like. Really, you need to like get a little different and spice it up. And so that was also in the back of my mind. I was like, we gotta do something. I was here. so I was so mad that I get like this when I listen to other songs. Right, this is the first time it's ever happened in this band. To where if I listen to a song that I really like and I get mad that I didn't come up with that idea. And <laughs> I, it's weird. Like, I'll be listening to a song and I'm like, fuck, I wish yeah, I wrote that. That's a good that. idea. That's a great idea. I wish I wrote <laughs> yeah. that. And I heard that and I was like, damn. I wish I wish I came up with that. Yeah. And yeah. I, Erica, I just want to say 100%. Dude, aces. Thank great you. job. Golf clap. Golf, Golf clap. I think it's also interesting to point out that this is the, this is the first time we've ever written a song like that where we were never... The first time... Actually, no. We have never we, but 
between the time the song even started getting written to the time that it was recorded, we were never all in the same never room. Never played it together in the same room. We never played that song together in the same room before we went in the studio. That was yeah. demos yeah. getting sent around yeah, like it was one after another, and I think it's really telling that we ended up with something very different. Like, it's still inherently us, but it's it's in, in a very different, like, people well, shine in a very different way. It's like, I would have never thought to, like, layer multiple saxophones because I can never do that when right. I would have never yeah, written yeah, a yeah. drum you part know, that was so... We would have so never had the, the time to, to stew on things yeah. and experiment. I, I actually, to go off no, of that, I think that's... Too dark. Oh, okay. Are we stopping? No, we're just stopping oh. the video. <laughs> Video's off. Yeah. Um, I do actually Get naked. think that is <laughs> a big part of, for me, writing the vocal melody was I didn't have any outside noise. Like, because I think I... I Tend to, and I think all of us do that. We get in our heads a little bit, or, or we're feeding off. Eric, Eric talked on that. Uh, Eric talked about that on the last podcast. Yeah, and I think that was such a big help for all of us because we could just be in our own element and then, like, right. come up with stuff and do trial and error. And yeah, test out yeah, and, and that's. I mean, that and that if we yeah. can like move forward, that's how the bridge came out. Cause yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. so uh, you you sent me what we had going so far through the first chorus. Yeah, I had no part of the bridge. To be completely honest, I didn't have any part of that. I uh, and so I was, uh, and I I don't know why, but I was I was channeling some JT, some Justin, some Blake. Yo, I'm about it. I was, and I uh, so what happened was it's like uh, I'll be on my suit and tie, shit. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. So that's wow. Li- that's literally I uh, rip that the fuck off. But no, like, see, I love when we can admit when we steal. Yeah, like so, like it was like it, I was like this would be a perfect time to go like a. <laughs> You know, and and that's it's so interesting. I, that's what I was riffing off well, of. Well, so, the yeah, bridge. then we come from that, and then Will comes up with this insane, because you had the idea of doing the the spacey kind of, like, syncopated. Uh, so, like, I so I usually don't like halftime breakdowns in songs. I think that it usually makes a song lose energy and not gain energy. Uh, but for some reason, I thought that the song really needed it. Yeah. Because it's just this bouncy, like like mm-hmm. the whole time, and so like breaking it down halftime, and then with Jimmy's beat idea, and then I think the main thing was the triplets that cascaded. And I would have never. This is another thing. Like as a songwriter, I never would ever think to like do something like that. So like when you have people like Will, who's a fucking mathematical musical genius over here. He's like, yeah, I'm gonna do these triplets, and I'm like, all right, sounds great. Like, yeah, I don't yeah. know what that means, but do it. <laughs> One and a two and a three. And that a was four exactly and what it was, and I and I heard <laughs> that, and I was like, okay, well, that's it. Um, we don't need to like work any further on that. That's fucking money. Mm-hmm. But like, so I, I will say from my perspective, as that song came out of me very quickly, I sent it to you that night. Like, you did, literally yeah. from the time that I said that to Jimmy that and Eric that I needed inspiration to Ken sending it to me, an hour later that song was completely put together. I'm talking, you know, verse, pre-chorus, chorus out. Besides the bridge, everything was done. Yeah. But there was one thing to me that, like, from what I was listening to, and I was saying I was listening to a lot of Mark Ronson, and I ripped this directly from Uptown Funk. Um, the way we come out of the bridge with the but that 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 is I really wanted that because it, it reminded me a lot of at, it, in the end you know, fade out of Old Town Funk. There's that part in there where the horns go, and Bruno Mars is playing the drums on that, and he's just doing. And I was like, that is the kind of shit that I thought really like. I mean, that when when you talk about that, that's like that goes 
So it's way, f- way, way back. It's that's a, no, that's a funk. That's, that's a, yeah, that's, that's James yeah, Brown. Yeah. I just right, but it's so cool that like, you know, it gets passed <laughs> down where it's like, you know, we'll think of Bruno Mars, and then Bruno Mars is thinking of Teddy Riley, and then exactly, like, you know, it goes on and some on. Some new and Jack on. Swing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it, it goes t- down it's the totally line. Totally new Jack Swing, and it's totally James Brown. That's, that's a new one. Yeah. That's a nuance in do music. Do that do you know what I really love, and I love this about our band. The depth of knowledge, and I brought this up to different people. The fact that a, a lot of bands I don't think could go and say the name Teddy Riley, and then three people go, "Oh yeah, New Jack Swing." Like they, that's a that's a unique thing. And, right. and I'm not saying for like bands that are you know, I'm I'm proud of our music nerdness. I think is my point in that. But so we go through the writing process of doing it during quarantine. Email, email, uh, <laughs> email. just passing files around. Dropbox and. I really thought, before we move on to the actual recording process, I thought what was amazing, if we want to go back to the vocals really quickly, um, it was the first time in a while that we've split the vocals instead of doing harmonies the entire time. Yeah. And uh, this is a process me and Erica have been working out, and it's picking if we're going to split them, whose voice fits better. And we went through a process with another song that isn't recorded yet uh, called Forget Your Name. And me and Erica have been deciding who's going to sing what part. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so interesting now that we have the option being that you've gained so much confidence and you're now writing your vocal melodies of being like, okay, you sing that part, I'll sing this part, and it doesn't always have to be this harmony, which is cool. Right, yeah. right. They're all over the record. Well, I mean, yeah, and the harmony, uh, and then you come back together for harmonies, and then that's what I love about Something's Going On is, like, she takes the verse, you guys come together in the pre-chorus for that cool little, like, and spooky harmony, and then you take over for the choruses. Well, and yeah. I think that the thing is, too, like, Erica's you give your voice. Er, we both do the doo-doos. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. But it's a. Uh, I do them too. Yeah. Oh, you. Do. Do. I'm talking about the Gregorian chants in the in the in the bridge. Oh, where me and Erica yeah, are yeah. standing. We both do that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you guys know the voices there almost act as keys. Yes. Because you're kind of just like, kind of filling out texture where. The instrument takes over the melody. Well, also, big shout. Speaking of keys, big shout out to Shane, who never even yeah. worked on the song till we got in the studio. And this guy comes in and plays Whirly <laughs> and B three, and just destroys Not without it. our behest because we wanted him to work. Oh yeah. yeah. So, so oh, for I those, was like, are you working on it? Working? <laughs> yeah. He's like, I figured so, it out. So for I'll those who don't know who Shane is, Shane is uh, <laughs> our touring key player. He also happens to be Erica's boo thing. Boo thing. Boo thing. And uh, I I texted Erica every day because I'm a lunatic, and I was like, did Shane work on the keys yet? Did Shane work on the keys yet? And she's <laughs> like, I'm trying to make him do it. He's not doing it. Yeah. Well, he was like, I'll get. He's like, I'm not worried about it. I'll figure it out. And Chain he did. He did work on it. He doesn't need it. But that was, he was like, I'll be fine. I'll, I'll get the part down. Yeah, because it's and sick. It his, right. his, his preparation, I'm not kidding, was like just listening to Steely Dan on repeat. Like it worked out. so channeled Steely Dan <laughs> yeah. for this. Whirly well, doubling sax is a very <laughs> sick sound. I mean, well, I really thought like Shane's part in the second verse where the, everything in the second verse worked really well and it was in such a weird way that mm-hmm. it's like. And in the, the. Uh, what did we call that? The the pre where like he does that little walk down. Oh well, yeah, that That's was that was that a hotly was debated so moment in that the studio. That was so hotly debated but because me and so cool. me and Eric were like, do that twice, and you guys were here and do it the entire time, and I was like, no, 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 just like for those who don't know, I'm I'm <laughs> I'm a bit of an autocrat. I'm a lunatic, and I'll fight Jimmy like on things. <laughs> yeah, but we're both pretty stubborn, and we both want our idea to be in there. The hardest part for me, and I, I think, pick the winner. Uh, yeah, Will's the and Will's the, the decider. The, the thing for me is, like, I, I'm always fighting, I think, because 
I I uh, I I can't. I wrote the song, and you have this idea in your head of what it's gonna sound like, right? And that this is always the artist fight. It's can you get what's in your brain onto the onto the record? I don't think I've ever felt more okay with the transition from my brain to the record than I do on this. I thought this was a really perfect interpretation of the song. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah. So let's go into the actual recording process because this is even more unique. We waited literally because the song was done in late April, but we legally waited till we were allowed the day of <laughs> when we went to a certain phase in in COVID protection or the, the whatever the phases yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. to legally be allowed to go in the studio. And this was weird because we were coming in at different times and like especially when will came in we all put our masks on and and will came and left which is weird because will is usually in there like directing things in a certain yeah, perspective weird. um but I, th- I think this mostly had to do with the preparation that we did beforehand why it went so smoothly yeah 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 well we all and the fact that we were uh emailing actual sounds back and forth yes. to each other we didn't have uh it wasn't like we played it loudly with each other in uh our practice space which is rather small and it's not, and it wasn't like uh, we have a shitty, you know, room recording on an iPhone. Right. That that uh, we're we're going off of, and we're basing what we should do off of that. It's yeah. it, it was it was a MIDI drum kit. It was actually recorded. It was a full fleshed out song. Yeah, and so it yeah. was like we heard everything, and we could hear everything. We could solo out things that we wanted to work on and stuff like that. So it was a very unique process, in that sense of getting to hear everybody's part without having everybody else's part on top of it already. So it was a nice way to like go through and like just work out kinks. And by the time you work out the kinks, then I, you know, I created the drum kit on the computer with MIDI. So I had to go in to the studio the night before and take three hours to freaking learn it, actually playing it with my arms. <laughs> yeah, and me, and, me and Jimmy like, went into the rehearsal studio and and Jimmy like we were just working on random stuff. He was like, I was like, what time are you getting there, Kyle? He was like, I'll get there at eight. I got there at six thirty because I was like, I don't <laughs> want him in the room because I know we're just going to talk about hip hop. <laughs> so I was like, when I gotta you, work. When you're talking about when you're talking about working out kinks that like we were working out kinks like remotely with each other sending files back and forth that we normally figure out when we're in the studio. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's like stepping all over each other. We normally write songs so much quicker than that, but I mean, yeah, it took longer, but I think we ended up with a much more shored up uh, product. product. Yeah. There yeah, was a yeah. lot less guessing we're able to the not have session. to like, you know, go and spend an entire day in a studio and like toss ideas back and forth and this and that. We we were all actually all able to go in Knowing exactly what our parts were, yeah. like boom, boom, boom. Right. Yeah, there was a lot less guessing in the studio. Yeah, yeah. There right. was not like and uh, I didn't maybe go that last. rubs the wrong way. Huh? Yeah, this I was didn't go last. So for the, for in our recording situations, we do them in a day to where some bands have the luxury of like you know dragging their feet and recording a song over six months because their labels paying for the studio time. We're in there in one day and we bang it out. And usually what happens is we take 10 hours to do everything, and then me and Erica go at the end of the night, and we record vocals. And Erica always winds up going last because the vocal like melody... Yeah, the vocal melody is all time. the vocal melody's always like going through me in a certain perspective because that's the way the song's written. This was the first time where Erica's vocal melody was the one that was driving the song, so she went first. First off, the vocals took like 45 minutes. Yeah, that was the fastest we've ever recorded vocals. And it was mainly because of the preparation that we did beforehand. Yeah, exactly, because sometimes we're writing harmonies in, in the, the studio. In the studio, because we come up with ideas while we're there. Exactly. Well, you have to have like a little bit of that, you know, it's kind of like that flexible preparedness. Yes. Like, yeah, you exactly. You know your parts, but 
even if in my mind, be willing like, to change. I have a I have a vocal melody in my mind for this part. Well, that part will pop. It could change the day of we're in the studio. Exactly, because yeah. so you, you don't have know. Have to be flexible. Like sometimes the sax will rub a little weird with yeah, whatever yeah. note you're singing. Because Will so you will come up with some insane shit that we have <laughs> to stick with. It is what it is. Because Will's a genius, but I'm giving Will so much credit right now. I'm over here Danny Danny over yeah, here. I should be on the podcast more often. <laughs> I ask you to be on the podcast. His hair is wet because we're showering him with compliments. Oh my gosh. Jimmy, go home. So when we go in the stu- when we go Get in the stu- when we go in the studio, basically this was the most seamless thing. I will say too, I usually won't give this kid credit. Eric slated that day. I've never seen Eric more comfortable. Because usually Eric Eric does not really enjoy the process of people being around him while he's making shit. Yeah. And he went in there and there were so many parts that he didn't have prepared that he just came up with and nailed. Yeah. So yeah. I just wanted to give a shout out to Eric for that. Yeah, way to go, Burke. Uh, Jimmy's drums. Uh, oh f- first off, the drum tone on that song. Yeah. The fat snare, dude. The fat snare, man. Explain that. I don't know what it is. I I'd never really used it before, but like it, it's a it's a thin piece of plastic. It's called big fat snare. Big I fat think. snare. Yeah, yeah. It's a thick. Pi- you put it on top of yours, and I took it off the snare drum. And it just sounded like. Kah. Almost like a goddamn uh, a piccolo, like a like a like a, like a marching band, snare. like a ska snare. What's and uh, I put that on, and it was like, Pah! and it was like, that's the fucking. Well, you know, right I, I do want to give somebody credit, uh, Eric Bogax, who was our engineer for a while, who's transitioned to being a producer, and Eric. Eric is working as an engineer and a producer in this situation. So he went in there and he came up with the idea for the fat snare. Because we, yeah. we get, uh, me and Eric talk constantly about um, reference tracks. So I'll yeah, say to him, the old school sound. And then that's the thing too. So much goes into this just between text messages between me and Eric to where I'm like, this is my references I'm referencing for this song, and this is what I want. To s- and Jimmy, you nailed the sissy strut, the the meters, um, hi hat, the hi hat reference. And I really thought the drums went seamlessly. Ken always does a great job with the bass line. He's a machine. Ken is a machine. Ken is a machine. It is so odd because if you know Ken Bianco, and I've known Ken now for nine Ooh. years. Goofy. He's a goofy. <laughs> Ken, Ken's goofy. never somebody you're going to look at and be like, that is a serious human being. <laughs> he's just like super easygoing. Ken is the like, most. Yeah, Stepdad Terry is just out here doing it. and uh, <laughs> But Ken has become such a pro. <laughs> Ken is just a pro. I want him to say Maxi just one time. <laughs> Maxi. He's just Ken is the best, and uh, he killed it. The guitars, <laughs> is that the a gu- Goofy movie reference. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, yo, guitars Man, from Ken's my perspective. Got a of so many different personalities. That's probably why he can't. He can't take himself too seriously. I thought Eric. Did, I thought for me, I, the the weird part in the recording process was the guitars had a different tone on the the demo recordings, and then I went in, and they didn't work when we were going in and recording the song and then I wound up capoing it at like the ninth fret and playing it all high. Oh, yeah. And that, oh man, that was another thing too. My amp had a tube blown out and the other amp didn't sound good. The pedal board wasn't working. Yeah, yeah. We had about an hour of just pedal board problems. Yeah. yeah. So. And then it was a one shitty wire that, yeah, that's, Eric's that's one wire shorted out. So that's another, if you're a musician, you know that feeling of being in the studio and nothing's like, working. What is going on? But then Will comes in, lays down the sax part. I went to go walk my dog, so I didn't get to witness that. Eric, <laughs> Will, how did that go? I, I didn't see Will not through a pane of glass. Because he's, he's committed to what he's doing. Yeah, yeah. He walked in. He walked right into the thing, took off his mask, fucking popped on a reed and went. It was great. <laughs> Will, how did you feel with the recording? Pro- was it weird to be in there in the situation that we're in? Uh, it was. It was strange. I mean, I think 
you know, I I was confident that it was going to be like a, a safe situation because you know I oh, know we're you all guys, cooperative. And, like, yeah, yeah, and, and I and I like let you guys know the, the whole situation with you know how I'm I'm keeping distance and staying. Yeah, you also safe. used the term quarantine, which I thought was <laughs> well's apart the quarantine. So so anyway, like I think what what was so I mean you know I think the main thing that was tough is just you know not hanging out, not really chopping like, it up. Cho- yeah, chopping it up, uh, you know, hopping on different spontaneous ideas that we might go with or, right. you know. And that's why the the preparation was so s- important. Suggesting different things. but I So I think in terms of actual recording, this is actually one of the songs that I came into it with harmony parts already right. written for it. Um, usually it's like, oh, you know, do we want a harmony? Okay, yeah, I'll figure it out, and then we, we track it. But this was like... There wasn't really a horn part that wasn't either doubled or had a different there was a lot harmony dude. or like whether it was three parts or so yeah, it we was trying to like and and you know and Eric was like all right how about like how what's what this ne- part going yeah, all what's, right three what's parts next? all right do the top one do the second one do the third one and like I'm trying to keep up trying to keep straight in my head okay like what did I even play right here <laughs> dude, and, and the thing is so. with, with with Eric Bogax too he's so. I never know what he's thinking in the studio. He's very stoic. Oh, I feel he, like he's I mean, one of those people. If if he gives you a smile or he's like he like compliments you, it's like I don't know. It like yeah, yeah, it's like it, it really means, means so something. much. Yeah, because yeah, really he doesn't well, he doesn't give you a lot, which like yeah, if you if no, he doesn't the most say, you hear he most you hear from Eric is all right, do it again. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> he doesn't say anything useless. Like anything he yeah. says yeah, is no to be listened to, and I feel like him and I like. Are unspokenly on our, on the same wavelength when we're recording. I think he he makes everything go super efficiently because, you know, he knows that I know my parts and like he like I know that he he can just you know start it from a certain spot and I'm I'm nailing the part. Yeah, we can get right there. A three part harmonized sax line down in 30 seconds. Well, what's funny for me and him is that my brain goes a mile a minute and I'm a chatterbox, so it's like. I, 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 like, uh, other producers we work with, like, Trace or Alex, to where Trace is, like, you know, Trace is the homie. Like, that's just, like, right. yeah, you know, he's just, like, although Trace is funny because. Yeah. He, yeah. <laughs> he yeah. Said, Tra- Trace is funny because Trace is very, when he feels passionately about something, he's, like, yeah, that's the shit right there. But yeah, if he, he doesn't. Trace does not hold back. No. Whether he loves it or hates it. No, but no, the thing is, you you know when Trace. he. No, shout but the thing out is, Nashville. The shout out Nashville. But the thing is, when Trace doesn't like something, he just. Oh, he, he's going to tell you. But when he loves it. No, but the thing is, the fun. I like when he's on the fence about something, and he just goes, "Yeah, yeah all right." It's n- and then you're like, "All right, well, fuck, I know he what does that means." Where, where he crosses his arms and he pets like he has a beard, but he just pets his chin and goes, "Yeah, ah." Uh. <laughs> That's what you hear. Well, I will say uh, before we move on to to never enough, I I want to say there's a great story from a Nashville recording session where. Uh, it was our first day. I know exactly the story. First off, this tell. is this is 2015. We just graduated from college. We were young and green, and we had gone to Nashville to record for two weeks. And we're in the studio, and we're running a song that Trace had never heard before. And uh, we were like, "Dude, this song's awesome!" And we go to play this jazzy bridge part, and I'm sweating bullets because I'm like, I'm in a studio in Nashville for the first time, and Trace starts waving his arms, <laughs> and he goes, "Stop! Stop! Stop!" That's the biggest piece of shit that I've ever heard <laughs> in my entire life. And I, I just look at everybody and I'm like, oh, I'm so glad he said that. Guys, uh, what song was it? 
roll down the road. Oh, wow. <laughs> Instead of it being like, dun, 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 it was like, dun, 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 dun. Oh, like you half-timed like, it? Oh, I don't even know what the fuck <laughs> we did. It was, it was, it was, it was, it wasn't good. It wasn't good. It wasn't good. But he like, he like, make the cut. <laughs> And he, I wasn't there. But he just goes, he, it was like such a, a hard thing because we were like so out of our element. Like we had just driven 15 hours to a city that we've been to like once. And he just was like, stop. An RV. That's a piece of shit. And I was like, well, we're going to fail miserably. So this sucks. We're here for great. two weeks. We, um, we drove 14 hours. Just to tell us <laughs> to be told we're a terrible <laughs> nope, band. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> but uh, so, all right. Well, I'll, I, I will just say that I'm really happy with everything that's going on right now with, um, with the song and the way it came out. Out and just the work that everybody put in and the unique situation and the radio love it's getting, the Spotify love it's getting, it's just the beginning and Zeros comes out on fucking Friday. <laughs> uh, which, by the way, I just want to clarify this. It's part one of our new album. It's going to come out as an EP basically, but these songs will all be on the full length. Um, so let's move on to the next song that comes out. My favorite. Jimmy. All right, so let's go into this. So <laughs> this song is called Never Enough. Formerly known, we played it live as Never Get Enough of You, and we changed it to okay. Never Enough. And uh, Yeah, so when we write set lists, we would just put N-G-E-O-Y. Whenever I look at it on a set list, I don't know if it's, maybe it's like the E-O-Y at the end. And like the N-G at the beginning, but I just think whenever I look at it, it's just like cartoon SpongeBob or like uh by the way, that is something that makes my wife cry laughing. She finds Doodle Bob hilarious. Doodle Bob, that's what it is. Oh my god. If I went in when we go inside, I'm just gonna start doing Doodle Bob and you'll see Danny just sees up laughing. Excuse me, what? Me Alright, so what's we want never enough? Um first off, this song is very unique. Now this is another thing to where people will say to me, like, oh that song sounds very different than the other song and I always say the same thing. We make whatever the fuck we want. We have nobody to answer to and we have a lot of styles. Don't add me. And uh, me and Jimmy, actually, so this song was written on Music Row in Nashville. This song is called Never Enough. And we Shouts wrote it Charlie. with our boy Charlie Chamberlain, uh, who's another CSAC writer. And me and Jimmy were down there on a writing trip and just happened to... we. Me and Charlie had worked in the uh, Music Row offices, and then we met him at his house. And uh, I said to him, I was like, dude... Because this was before I got married, and I was like, I want to write a, a like a love wedding song type of thing. And then somehow this song <laughs> is the exact it's been opposite. So many transformations. <laughs> yeah, this song's been through a lot. Because at first it sounded like a Bruno Mars meets Police. When yeah, it sounded very police, police. When we wrote it, it sounded like Bruno Mars meets Police. But then I don't know. I I I think it was Bree Judge. Bree who Judge. Came up with that. That guitar riff. Well, no, I came up with the guitar idea, but I t- I said I wanted her tone. Oh, okay. Because she works, she does a lot of stuff with delay and and just really thick tones. And Brianna Judge is an absolutely amazing musician, songwriter, a very unique voice, but just a great guitar player. And uh, and, our, uh, and she's Collins grade school homie. in there as well. Yeah, she actually yeah, does she sing I, vocal in it. Yeah, yeah, she sings on the on the end of it. She sings the outer outro harmony. Yeah, me and Bree have awesome. known each other since we were five. We went to grade school together at St. Charles Bar in Mayo. Um, but me and Bree have known each other since we were kids. Um, and so I'll go back to being on in Nashville and me and Jimmy doing this. And this is the first song we've ever had a co-writer not from the band. Mm-hmm. And uh, Charlie is a great songwriter from Nashville. And this song, it just came very naturally. It was the three of us sitting in his living room. And, and um, I remember just being like, 
writing this after saying I wanted to write a wedding song and being like, this is the exact antithesis of a love song. This is, The song is very much about um, being in love and never feel like what you're doing is enough. And um, I think everybody goes through that at different times in their relationship. And um, But when, when we brought it home, we started working on it. I don't know that I ever had an instinct to use it as one of our songs. And I don't know why. We just started fucking around with it in the studio. Yeah. And it just felt like a driving song, like that the heartbeat. Yeah, yeah, just straight pocket. Straight pocket. But what it wound up sounding like to it me, it went from the police to you too. It well, it, it actually it did, went, and, it, and then it, and then it went to freaking hair metal. I don't think it's hair metal. I think it's very much like I I put it in the category. Oh, so of, I had an idea, and I loved far. this song. And then we get to recording, and then we get a mix back, and Dave Pettit, who, who our baby boy, our baby boy, who mixes a bunch of our songs and helps us produce and stuff like that, he puts this freaking eighties. Ass. Echo snare, freaking reverbed Gated out snare. Reverb. I love it. I, I love think it's it. amazing. Cool. I love <laughs> it. <laughs> See, you know, this is a very interesting thing that where the band, the band is. Oh, I wouldn't say splits. I think you're the only. Person. Yeah, you're the only I one. Think out I'm of the, the six. only person. It's not that I don't like the song. I love the song. I'm part of the song. I helped write the song. I love the song. I just like that snare, but it wouldn't sound as good without that snare. Right. So, so like I, I'm in a fucking weird, like f- on the fence. I got a fucking post in my ass and on my <laughs> mouth. I am on the fence. I'm here's like, the whether I like it. Well, or here's I'm the funny part like too. It. So nobody who listens to this tomorrow is gonna know what we're talking about because it's not out yet. But the song to me, you'll know. Uh, somebody <laughs> described it to me as like a coked up '80s dad song, and I love that term. Yeah. It sounds to me, it reminds me a lot of Boys of Summer by Don Henley in a certain perspective. And it has this kind of like driving at night along a coastline type of a vibe. Well, the meme you put out today of it oh, is it's the uh-huh. perfect, yeah, the perfect thing that this song kind of sounds like is the. It doesn't sound like Take On Me. No, but it has that kind of like. The funny thing is, similar yeah, drum beats like at the beginning of the song. They, okay. uh, so th- the funny thing is, we're listening to this song in the studio. We were listening to Masters the other night. We were in the in the rehearsal studio, running through some stuff, and we all sat there and we listened to the master through these big head or big speakers, and we all looked at each other like, "Dude, what the fuck did we make? This is amazing! Like, yeah. this is amazing!" Zero but Jimmy three. wasn't there, so we were all like, "Dude." Jimmy's going to hate the fact that this is going to be the song that blows up. <laughs> this is going to be the song. And I called Jimmy the next day, and I was like, are you afraid that we're going to blow up all this song, and then we're going to have to be an 80s band? He's like, exactly. My, my greatest fear. My yeah. greatest fear. Well, also, I'll so take it. Never, I don't care. I'll sell out. I don't give a fuck. It's but not a sellout song. Go ahead, Will. No, for so, me. so this song is, is there another song where, because I know when we were talking about vocals, uh, you and Erica were seeing it more as like you're kind of singing to each other in a way. Yes. And like I think verses are even split between you two. And well, we harmonize like, at the you beginning come in for a harmony and then it's Erica, you come in for well, a harmony. First verse is Colin you. and then second verse is Erica. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. I think well, yeah, so you're kind of like having a conversation in the song and I don't know if we have another song where it's kind of like conversational. You two are more like characters in I would say black coffee. Yeah, but the, the thing situation. here's the funny part. That was not initially uh, I changed the lyrics to fit the conversational tone. I remember I remember that. Yes. I remember the 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 second verse. The second verse is it's never enough and it might be hard to believe, but I've never been loved. This is all new to me. But I was just singing that. And then when we had the idea of splitting the vocals, 
it becomes a call and response in the where she yeah. says that and then I say, I've heard all of your excuses for the things that you've messed up, but it's never enough. To whereas the first verse is me lamenting the fact that no matter what I do, you claim it's not enough and that there's something wrong here and I disagree. But then the the, the uh, uh, and now we haven't even brought it up yet. The chorus is fucking humongous. The cor- the chorus is unbelievable. I, it's 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 one of the most. The thing is, it's so good and it's such a layup that it's it's such a good chorus that I almost hated it for a period of time because I was like, this is fucking money. Like I don't know. Like there's some things in in there's something about the dead air that kind of uh, breeds from the chorus. I too. love it. Uh, yeah, that like we've al- we're we were trying to do stuff with it live. But I don't know if we need to, like with Shane's keyboards and stuff like that. I think that it's a situation where the song wasn't out yet and nobody knew that it was coming. So it was kind of one of those things to where you're waiting. I keep picturing in that part people clapping and keeping time in a weird way or Mm -hmm. like at least screaming the lyrics. It's a very, we've been writing songs for the second part of the album. Then we keep saying things that are screamable, things that are like stadium, like you do this, whatever. And, And I was like, first off, I don't know, like, there's something very Nashville and something very Music Row about the lyrics in that chorus. It's the, I'm not giving up because I can't get enough, and if it's love that you want and it's love that you need, then I'll give it up. Like, I, I, that's fucking money. Mm-hmm. But I thought the funniest part to me was we once again went to this, like, kind of halftime type thing before the solo part. Oh, that was my idea again. That was your idea, 100%. And breaking it down to that, like, like slow kind of one trick pocket. pony. Yeah, Jimmy, Jimmy's bridges. got one idea. Um, <laughs> but no, and I mean, wh- first off, the ear candy in the song that Will does is just fucking good. the the in the chorus when we're where it's just the one guitar chugging and then Will in the background going, "What do you do, Will? What's your?" Oh yeah, like the, sounds like the, a charming the, snake. Yeah, yeah. Well. Exactly. <laughs> Will, Will sh- yeah, I mean, that's pretty similar to what I do. But it's just this, like... <laughs> Will Shade been charming audiences and snakes for years. <laughs> <laughs> it's, to me, like, the thing I love about this song is that it's it's familiar and it's modern. But I, I really... Will it, it is familiar because it, like, I mean, I don't know. I think we... Jimmy said it in a way. I mean, he's kind of like, oh, yeah, it's like a stadium rock song. It's like... But it's, I guess... It sounds like a stadium rock song. It's posted. But that's when you think about the chorus, and then I feel like there's a lot of serious uh, themes that are talked about in the verses and, like, very honest. Like, I don't know. I don't think I've ever heard a lyric in a song. I mean, it's a song about love, and, like, there's... Love's not easy. There's a ton of love songs in the world. But, like, the lyric where it's like, and this might be hard to believe, but I've never been loved, and this is all new to me. Yeah. This is all new to me. The way it lands in the verse, every other lyric was kind of on the upbeats. Yeah. And then, and like, w- and this is all new. Like, like that, that was on the downbeat. And I feel like that... The honesty of that lyric combined with the like the way it's presented, the way it's presented I, I, musically, I think you, is really really yeah. cool. I yeah. remember that session and writing that. Will is going to make me like this song <laughs> by the end of this podcast. <laughs> well, the thing is, I, I like really, already, I really yeah. remember. Ah, I really I remember very vividly writing this song and then figuring out that it was a conversational tune. And because uh, the thing is, it was originally written from one person's point of view. And then when it becomes two person's point of view and it becomes conversational as a songwriter, you have so much room to play with. And it's such a weird thing because there's not that many conversational songs out there. It brings up more emotion, too. I think. Yeah. Like you think photograph by Chris, like uh, I was thinking that. Earlier. Right. So <laughs> look at this. Photograph. No, not that photograph. No, not that one. Cheryl Crow and Kid Rock. <laughs> <laughs> but no. So when I remember like. Uh, that lyric, we're talking about. that lyric hit me like a ton of fucking bricks. No, I know because what you're talking about. 
I don't know. It, re- it reminded me of something in my own life, and it's not a personal thing. It was more of like uh, just remembering a memory of, of, I don't know, childhood or something like that, and like seeing relationships around you. And it's this kind of idea of like someone who is this kind of hardened person who guards themselves um, from and kind of self destructs relationships, right. and is is after a certain point actually in love and can openly say like, listen. I'm imperfect. And if you're in a relationship, a healthy relationship, you can have these conversations and say, this is my fault. And that person's saying, like, look, I've been in a lot of fucked up shit, and I don't know that I've ever truly been loved or I've ever loved anybody. That's fucking unique. That's yeah. almost cinematic. And what I like about the song is, like, emotionally, whether, I mean, emotionally, one, uh, Colin singing one part and Erica singing a different part, and they're two do- totally different emotions. But as a listener, emotionally, you could agree whether you're a man or a woman with Colin's point of view or with Erica's point of view. So yeah. like you could be like like a, a, a guy and be like, no, I agree more with Erica's kind of It's a conversation part. piece, yeah. Because yeah, well, like, that's I, how I feel. I think each and of their parts cool aren't too. even necessarily yeah. like distinct. I would say that like there are yeah, certain they're not lyrics. exclusive, yeah. I mean, it is, a, it is a two-sided discussion, but I think sometimes one side is sung by Colin and the other time that side is sung by Eric. Like, I think, like, that's why it's cool because you definitely, I don't think you did this when you, like, div- divvied up the parts, but, like, you kind of did it verse by verse. Right. But I'm not sure if it's, like, Erica definitely has uh, one side or point of view on it, and you have a, like, a different, S- like side and point of view. I know what you're I saying. The, the characters like change, I guess yeah, you well could the say. The characters change, and I think each character sort of understands and identifies with the other character throughout the song. Well, then we come together. You know, yeah, we come together in the chorus, and that's why. And that's I think uh, sort of illustrative musically too, where sometimes you're harmonizing, sometimes you're singing something about whether it's like it, that it's not enough, or I don't like your excuses, and then sometimes Erica will sing a lyric that mm-hmm. also delivers that sentiment. And so you're kind of both uh, we're going, going to the at same each end. other and in understanding each other at the same time. I mean, literally in the bridge, we're like echoing each other. Yeah, exactly. that's very interesting. Right. To where yeah. it w- so, so it breaks down to the two-sided argument. I think it's like a really cool, like you kind of see eye to eye by the end of the song. Well, I think yeah. it's very interesting Damn, too. So we, we start to break it down into the chorus and it goes to that kind of halftime pocket and it's just me. But then Erica comes in, and it kind of reminds me of, like, uh, Time of Your Life by uh, the Dirty Dancing song. I don't know why, when when Erica trails in with the, it's never enough, and then I do the never. So th- I wanted to bring this up. Wait, what part of the Dirty Dancing song Listen, does that remind you? you know I really think, like, cinematically when I think about stuff. Yeah. This song reminds me of that moment in that movie. I don't oh, know, like, the that. Scene. The scene. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So just that movie. <laughs> I don't know why. Like, when I when I... We always bring this up because I always ask for ideas on artwork and stuff like that, and a lot of the guys always say to me, like, that's your bag. You think you think visually. And I don't think visually. Fuck that. Like, that's all you. I think about songs like movies, and I always kind of relate them to things, and I don't yeah. know why. Like, I see Dirty Dancing when I hear this song. or I, <laughs> Now I see Miami Vice because people brought it up. <laughs> so, But uh, I, I stole something from Taking Back Sunday. It's an old thing they used to do to where... I kind of see Top Gun. Now you're not See? Not yeah. But so... <laughs> I we did this thing to where I wasn't interested in my vocal part in that before the solo comes back in and I said I feel like there needs to be this undertone of someone screaming underneath so I stood like 60 feet back from the mic and I'm singing never get enough never get enough and I scream at the top of my lungs never get enough never get enough and oh, they mixed a, it that's a cool part it's of the fucking song. super cool yeah. and it's something that if you don't know it's but it reminds me a lot of like 
uh, Liar by Taking Back Sunday and these uh, these fucking songs. Yeah. Once again, we know everything, guys. We know fucking all the music. We, all the music is ours. Um, just like it. We totally game. don't. Just comment literally one band name. Yeah, we'll Make see. Make sure we you don't. like, comment, and subscribe. <laughs> Fuck you. Why does everybody keep doing that? <laughs> so slip it in somewhere. Let's go Two into, hours the, in. into the recording process. And this was interesting to me because this is one of the first times we've ever done this where we've gone back in and re-recorded things. Because Erica, we recorded this and Erica didn't love her vocal part in the second verse, so we went back in and re-recorded the vocals. Do yeah. you feel do you feel more satisfied now than you did? I am still not crazy about the first line of the second verse. I do picky. like this. Se- I am very picky. I do love the the delivery of the second line, Wait, and I do. I will give myself a pat on the back. And for it that might be hard to believe, but I never been loved. And th- oh this is right. all new to me. I love Cuts that. you to your core. Yeah, that one I felt. This is all new to me. Oh, it was a. This might that. be hard to believe. I, I am not crazy about yeah. it because what I did we have? What did we have? I sang that originally, and I sang it like Sting because I we were doing this kind of like very policeous thing, and I was going like. I remember being in Charlie's house and it's going back and forth and being like, do it more policey. And I've heard all <laughs> I was like saying that the entire time. Excuses yeah. for yeah. the ways yeah. that you make. Because it's in this key to where for some reason I can mimic Sting. I don't know da, why. Da, but da, da, yeah, da. and it, it just went like that. And then it just didn't wind up being that at all. Um, but Erica, like, I love the fact that you said to me, like, I don't feel good about that vocal part. I'd like to go back there and do that. Yeah, I can usually tell. Like after a recording session, like I can tell if I'm like, th- there's a better part that we just haven't gotten yet. Yeah. And that's, we had another song that we still haven't even gone back to. And was I that? can't even remember the name of it. Was it, it Domino? Domino. Oh, that is the fucking white horse of this fucking band. And I was we'll never just get like, that. nope. Yes, nope, we will. No, it's a good song. No, 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 we could, we could definitely go back. Dude, this is. There's been oh. one time that we ever put I the mean, time right and now money. It kind of sounds like a 21 pilot, pilot song. Demo, yeah. but it sounds like a demo. We, got, we can make it. It good. is funny though because we got that mix back and we were all instantaneously like, nope, we fucked up. <laughs> everyone, but no, but in, no, everyone when we were finished, I were like, yeah, yeah, I think we we got something, and I was the only one that was like, no, that's trash. Like I am so. <laughs> No, I was like, fuck this. It's a good song, and Colin can rap fast. Is, the song is good, <laughs> but what we put in that day was. Just I feel like arrangement-wise, it needs something too. There's all kinds of no, shit. Yeah. No, that's the main. Actually, that's the main. Well, what's really funny is I got a text from Dave Pettit like six months later, and he said, "I really phoned that one in." Like he was like, <laughs> because Dave was having Man, a Dave was having a baby. Conce- we're admitting defeat on all sides. Well, Dave yeah. Dave was having a baby at the time. Like his wife was pregnant, and uh, he was like, "I just want because Dave stopped mixing for us." After that, because Dave is is since become a father, and uh, he was like, I was I was one foot in, one foot out. I'm sorry, I fucked that one up. But, <laughs> but we, uh, none of us brought our A game to that. Now, well, no. I will say this too: this was we so were hard. we recorded that right after we recorded. That's how it goes. I thought that was before. no. Before I apologize, I apologize. That was we were on a down streak. And out. Of, no, it was it was it was between down and out and something else. It was before Legends, and it was like down down and out, and then we recorded something else and. You might be right. It might be that. But we were on such a high horse, and we were like, we can't fucking do any wrong. And then we recorded that, and we were like, okay, okay, we fucked yeah. up. We fucked the up. Breaks. <laughs> oh, the it was Battered and Blue was after that. Oh, okay. Down and Out, Battered and Blue, and then um, yeah. oh, battered Domino. Blue battered and Blue is that shit. Um, but so going back to this, I the thing is, I don't remember a ton from this recording session other than the second one, because we have all this videotaped. Uh, The only thing I remember, because we didn't, that was like another thing where we just, I was the last person to go. 
And we didn't have an ending figured out for that. Oh, like, you locally. fucking slayed that ending. And we were just like, what do you like? What should we do? And do and it, but that was Dave too, right? Alex. That was Alex. Right? That was Alex. And Alex was just like, I don't know, go because at this point I think it was like one in the morning. Dude, and it's so like, funny. Go fucking nuts. You want. Yeah. I don't care. And I was like, I have an idea. Like, let me just try. Let me just see if I can hit this note. And I hit yeah, the, the note. The and most I was emo like, note ever, but I, I know, love I it. I love it. I love it though. <laughs> the funny part is, and I he love. Was like, that, that'll work. That'll I work. love when we work with producers, and I always, I, I've always, I've coined the phrase "sleepy eyes Pettit." When Dave would get like zonked out, like he'd been like mm-hmm. working for like fourteen hours, and I'm over here like, "Let's go. What's the next thing? Here we go." And he's just like, just staring into the wall, and he's just <laughs> like, "Fuck." But then I think we hit that point with Alex too that day where he was just like, I don't even know what time it is at this point. Yeah. I was like, my third trash can martini. My, yeah, this motherfucker <laughs> walks See, around. Like, on, you got to understand, engineers and producers, they're humans. Yes. So, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I am not. First off, we all agree. I'm not a human being. <laughs> I'm a. You I'm sure your name isn't XV negative <laughs> 12? Whatever it is that is just like get the work done, that's me. I don't know. I don't fucking care about anything else. I just no, want to. it's good. It's good. We n- you need one crazy person, okay? <laughs> yeah, seriously, because like th- there would be nothing. If it was just me and Erica. <laughs> yeah, there'd be no. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think we would be getting played on Lightning Listen, 100. <laughs> let me tell you something. If the band was, if the band was Jimmy, Erica, Ken, Will, and Eric. <laughs> what the fuck would be going on? Right now? <laughs> I'd be sitting at my house watching Top Chef instead of recording this podcast. Yeah, I'd be on season two of Criminal Minds right now. <laughs> oh, is that what you're going for? Okay. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, well, we got shit to do, guys. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. we got to record a podcast in my yard in the sweltering heat. Get it's not hot out. It's nice out. <laughs> um, I'm sweating. But I don't. I, I'm I'm very happy with. Um, how that song turned out. I don't care if Jimmy is or not. I I, I I'm feel happy. Yeah, neither do I. Hey, fuck <laughs> Jimmy. <laughs> Jimmy, you're the worst. <laughs> Just kidding. Love you. I, I don't know. I, I'm and we got we have more good ones that we haven't recorded yet. Right. Well, I mean, the <laughs> thing is, that's the thing. We have so much motherfucking music. But we, to me, like, looking at this now, and I think this is where I want to end, I got a text from a very prominent radio DJ the other day who said, I'm very happy that you guys chose not to hold on to things because of quarantine. Uh, it was Mike Jones. And uh, he was like, he was like, <laughs> humble brag. <laughs> he was like, he was like, I fucking love this shit. And he was just like, I'm so happy that you guys chose not to drag your feet and and take the way out of being like, well, maybe we'll just wait until this is all over because who the fuck knows when that is. Um, yeah, remember, remember, it was gonna be two weeks in March. Yeah, I was like, well, we'll be able to play those shows in May. It's fine. It is what it is. Like, just you know what, just take some time off, kick your feet back. It was a simpler time. Yeah, <laughs> but I will say, like, it's very interesting to be releasing things in the time of COVID-19 because there's no goddamn rules and I fucking love it. It's a goddamn Wild West. Yeah, shit won't be popping off until COVID-21. That's <laughs> COVID-21. <laughs> what, when COVID can buy beer? <laughs> COVID is legal. I'm sorry. I just thought that was really funny. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, Guys, anything else you want to add to this conversation? Anybody else feel compelled? No. I didn't think so. Eric is like, honestly, I've given everything I have to give. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing left. one podcast, like everything. Well, here's the fun part. Tomorrow we're recording another one where we're going to be going over Tell It to the Internet, the intro, and that's how it goes. But it's me. It's the gear car. It's me, Eric, and Ken. Oh so God, <laughs> that'll just be a fucking episode. shit show. It should be great because it's really funny, and I hope Eric listens to this. You're going to do Tell Wait, It to the Internet without doing- Will? 
I'll I'll call him. I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, I can, we'll I can talk zoom about it a in. song we did not have a vocal melody figured out for. What? Tell it to the internet. Yeah, oh, we, that we can't talk about. Uh, no, no so Kyle, talk about just, three hours of vocals. I trust you to tell. I just trust you to tell or do justice to the story of how the bridge from Tell It to the, the Mathematics came about. With the whiteboard in the studio? Yeah. Well, All no, right, no, no. Also, well, okay. That, I well, believe that's, it. Yeah. That's the, like, the... There was, like, a debate about that. Like, no, the, the, the whiteboard... No. So, so the whiteboard is, like, the fifth chapter in the book <laughs> of the of the story of the bridge of Tell It to the Internet. But it mainly is, like, literally we stopped... We didn't have any of the song after that. Yeah. And really, we just stopped the song because that's all we had written. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I just, like, played... <laughs> One, two, three, 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 three. Oh, and yeah. I was like, oh, like, as loud fuck. as I possibly could. And then eventually, like, people just started following along. And then we wound up doing math. So we'll leave you there. Oh. Uh, go stream Something's Going On. Get ready for zeros on Friday. Big thanks to Jimmy. Hey, yo. Big thanks to Will. I don't have a tagline, sorry. And uh, big thanks to the homie Erica. Yeah. We've, we've come to the conclusion Erica's a homie, right? <laughs> I was saying, other than myself, there Did were we three really more need homies. To. <laughs> All right, guys. We really need up. to. Fuck Goofy you guys. Movie, we love you. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>